that time that we can just sit and take it in and dissect it and everything. Our Freedom Ministry is going to start out the last four Saturday mornings of October from 8.30 to 12.30, which is a good chunk of time. But we are going to give a solid, comprehensive look at the freedom in every area of our lives that God so desires to give us. And so I'm just compelling you, if I can, to join us. If you can only make one Saturday, make that Saturday. There's a ability to sign up on the church app. We ask that you do that just to help us know who all is coming. But if you wake up on a Saturday morning and you haven't done that, please come. It's going to be life-changing. I can guarantee that it will be life-changing if you come and you allow God to move and you partner with him. God uh, always gives us choices, but God will never make you a puppet. And so he will never make that choice for you. Sometimes he grieves at the choices that we make, but he honors those choices. That's how we ended up at the Garden of Eden, the choices that were made. You know, he, he didn't say to them, if you eat of that tree, I'm going to kill you. He said, if you eat of that tree, you're going to die. And so it was his love that told them that. And it's his love that brings us into those truths. But when... Adam and Eve chose to eat of that fruit. He honored their choice. And that's why we are born into the kingdom of darkness. But he gave us a way out into the kingdom of his son. So uh, I want to begin here with a couple of scriptures. Uh, John 8, 34 tells us that I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So if you are sinning, you are in bondage. We need to just accept that fact. It may be a big sin, but it may be a very small sin. And still, it's bondage that Jesus wants to set you free. And he says in Galatians 5.1 that it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand, therefore, in that freedom. Don't let go of that freedom. Do not be submitted again to a yoke of slavery. And so God not only wants to set you free, he wants to keep you free. That's how much God loves us. And he did everything necessary. He says that there are things that accompany salvation. And if salvation is so wonderful... Just think about all of the things that he has that accompany that, that go along with it, that we have no idea of. So I want to begin just to say that uh, we are a three-part being, very basic. We know that there's the body, there's the soul, and there is the spirit. And so... I uh, want to begin in the very beginning talking about the Spirit. So in Romans 8, 16, it says, 
the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit wants to commune with our spirit. And if we have become a Christ follower, if we have accepted what he has done for us, it says that then the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I remember when I was sitting at my dining room table with my very best friend, and we both realized what Jesus had done for us. I had realized that there was sin in my life. I realized that I needed to be forgiven. And so I began trying to clean myself up because I knew that God would not want me to come to him until I was clean. I tried, <clears throat> I tried, and I tried. Maybe some of you went on that same path. Didn't get me very far. It just let me know. I remember just crying out to God. But that day, I realized what Jesus had done for me. And when I got up from that table, I was a totally new person. The old person wasn't there anymore. I was totally, totally, totally set free. And I will never, ever, ever be the same again. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, it says, but it's written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Beyond our imagination, what he has prepared. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And it says, who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Just imagine that. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. On Saturday mornings, we're going to take that and we're going to dissect it and have time. And I want just to say, you don't have to worry. You would not be put on the spot at any point in time during that time, but be given the opportunity to consider those things and go through what are those things that God has freely given to me. The second part is our body. You know, the body is that part that houses the real us. It, it houses the necessary organs. It uh, is how we taste, we touch, we hear, we see, we smell, we live life. And God has also made a way to redeem our bodies. He loves every part of us. He's the one that created us. 
every part of us. And so in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 5, we see, for we know that if this tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So when I got up from the table, I was immediately reborn in my spirit. The body will find our redemption. When I lay this body down, I am going to have an eternal body. When the disciples saw Jesus at the very end, he was walking around in that body, that transformed body that eternal body. We're going to have that. And God loves us so much that he has made provision for the redemption of our body. So then that brings us to our soul. And our soul is actually the most complicated part of our human being. Uh, simply put, it's our mind, will, and emotions. But in order to save our soul, when I got up from that table, I thought that everything about me would be changed. But I brought with me all of the memories. I brought with me all the wounds, all of the lies, all of the things within my soul. And James 1, 21 says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant, rampant wickedness, and this is it, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. It takes the word of God implanted deep within our souls that is able to bring freedom within the soul part of our being. John 8, 31 and 32 says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you will abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So he was talking to his disciples there, those that believed in him. And he's saying, if you continue in my word, it's talking about a journey here. If you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I want to really expand on that. That's where I want to go today, because our physical wounds are many times easier to heal, actually, than the wounds of the soul. So if you will put up the diagram here, <clears throat> God absolutely adores you and me. We talked, we sang about the love of God. And it is God's love that brings about this 
in our lives. First of all, there's an event. Now, if things are going good in my life, you would love me. I am really nice. And so are you. So are you. But when things start going the opposite way of what I want, and I don't think they should, then the real me comes out, and the real you comes out. Now, if we could live life always like we would like it, we would live in that good part of us. But God wants to save the other part of us, and he wants to set us free. So he knows in his wisdom that he has to allow an event to happen in our life that will cause a reaction. And hopefully we're the only one that sees that reaction, but sometimes a lot of people see that reaction. And that reaction then it's like, oh, I need to change. I need to, you know, how does that work for you? You know, it's like a diet. I need to diet. And then you find yourself eating twice as much the next day. You know, that's just the way it is. But God wants to show you why you really are reacting that way, what the real issue is. And then he gives you a choice. As I said, he'll never make the choice for you. But you can make the choice to go on blaming that event, blaming that person, making an excuse for why I am like I am. That's just how I am. And I'll just continue on that cycle. Or I can see the truth where God has said he can set me free, partner with him, and see freedom. So I uh, was walking along. Now, this next month, I celebrate 50 years of being a Jesus follower. And uh, so, but uh, I've walked a lot of places where you guys have walked. And I remember walking down the road saying, God, I have no hope. And he's only done this once in my life, but he gave me a scripture, Romans 5, 3. Well, I ran back to my house, opened my Bible, because I knew God was going to tell me all kinds of good things. But this is what Romans says. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Well, it took God to explain to me because I was kind of upset with God at that point in time. You know, it's like he didn't care, but he said, when things happen, you have a choice to make. You can either persevere in this and say, what do you want to teach me about this, God? What do I need to know? If you'll do that, I can bring about proven character. I can take those reactions and I can set you free. And that proven character, then it produces hope. Wow, this is a good thing. I will enjoy this even when I don't enjoy it because it's setting me free because of the love of God that has been shed abroad in my heart. So I want to share my story. For the first 25 years of my life, I was taught how to deal with conflict. 
I was taught that you yell, you scream, you blame, you condemn, you run away, or you throw things. That's how you deal with conflict. I was verbally abused, otherwise other things happened in my life. And uh, I said, I will never treat my children the way that I have been treated. However, I was trained how to deal with conflict. So when my children were born, especially my two older ones, when they were tiny, I was a verbally abusive mom. Now, I hated myself for doing that, but I continued to do it. I tried. I'd get up in the morning and say, I'm not going to do that today, and five minutes into the day, and there I was. Now, God knew in his love for me that he needed to allow that to continue on until I became desperate because of my reaction. And there came a day in my life when I said to God, God, it would be better off for my children if I were dead because they will never want my God. And I know you can do something, God, but if not, it would be better off if I were dead. Now, I know now that that was a lie of the devil, but God knew I had to get to that desperate point. And at that desperate point, what I was actually doing was saying, God, help me. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to know. And so asking God then, he could say, if you'll put that up just one more time, <clears throat> the, rea the reaction, the event. Thank you. So the reaction was what I was doing and all I could see was what I was doing. God knew why. And that night, God began showing me the why. And he would allow that event to happen over and over and over again because there were, there were more than one whys. There was abandonment. There was rejection. There was abuse. There was my identity. I was born illegitimate, I don't know who my dad is, the world would say I should have never been born. But one day God took me and he said, it doesn't matter if anybody wants you on this earth, I created you. I delighted when I was creating you. I'm the one that opens the womb and I wanted you. And it changed my life forever. And we can all realize that God wanted you. God wanted you. And so you're not rejectable material. Sometimes we carry a spirit of rejection around and people reject us because we're carrying that rejectable spirit. Only God knows the core issue of that. And so time after time after time, he walked me through and took me to that core issue and then came the choice when he told me about forgiveness. Oh, my goodness, I'll never forget when he told me about forgiveness. So many, so many torturers in my life. And he takes me to Matthew 18 
and uh, starting with 21 and in verse 25 and or 35 and 36 it says God will hand you over to the torturers if you don't forgive your brother from your heart I'm like oh my gosh God you can't be serious and he said I am serious but it's because I love you that I'm telling you that and when I began forgiving when my choice was it doesn't matter what they did it doesn't matter what they did it doesn't matter about the circumstance I'm not saying they were good I'm not saying they were right I'm not saying the circumstance was right God doesn't say that in forgiveness he simply says let it go let it go let it go not because the torturer he sends the torturer the torturer is just waiting because he knows that everything that God says is true and God says forgive so that you'll be forgiven and in the choice in Deuteronomy 30 19 and 20 God says I'm calling heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessing and curse therefore and he begs us choose life that you may live and your descendants after you that you and your offspring would live loving the Lord your God obeying his voice holding fast to him for he's your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham Isaac and Jacob to give them but he's saying I'm heaven and earth are witnessing your choice heaven is just waiting to back up your choice you choose life heaven will back it up you choose death and all of the powers of hell are waiting to back it up I had so many tortures in my life that actually just fell off as I began that road of forgiveness we are going to be looking at all of those core issues on Saturday mornings we don't have time to look at it here it's wonderful to have these Sunday mornings it's so necessary to have these where we get together but we need those times when we're willing to just sit and hear and talk and pray and allow God to show us why it is that we're doing the things that we're doing that we don't want to do that he longs to set us free so as things happen in your life and you see the reaction and I will say that sometimes it's the tongue that will tell you what is wrong because it says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks listen to what you say and then sometimes then you have to ask God why did I say that why did I say that why did I do that choose life and eventually that events gonna happen I don't respond that way anymore to conflict praise God I'm not perfect but that is gone in my life and my desire for you is that freedom would happen in your life let's pray God you are so full of love 
We don't deserve it. We'll never deserve it, except for the fact that you say we're worth it. You say you created us, and you created us for greatness. You created us to be just like you, actually, which is really hard to imagine, but you've made a way. And so, God, I'm just asking that even this morning, you would be speaking to us. What is that that we need to say, God, why? I love that verse when it says in James that to rejoice when we encounter those trials and tribulations. But while we're doing that, it says, and if you lack wisdom, ask God because he'll tell you. And God, that's what we want to do. We want to ask you, what is it, God? Why are we doing that? And thank you that you promise you'll tell us. And so I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your greatness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we say thank you to Nancy?